There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Tuesday edition of the podcast. We certainly are thankful for you listening. And we're thankful for this opportunity. What a great blessing it's been to us to be able to preach on this podcast. And again, we're in coordination right now with a radio station, which is an online station. We'll be able to let you know about that uh, as soon as we get things worked out to get the podcast on the radio. And so I've been on the radio many, many times in many, many states, and I was full-time on the radio for two years. And I felt like the Lord just pulled us out of that ministry I've had the opportunity to preach live on the radio many different times in many different places, and what a great privilege that is to be able to preach the Word of God. And so as we go this weekend, head towards Maine, and as you start praying for those meetings, and Pastor Pelkey, the folks there, and then the following week, we'll come home for a day and head to North Carolina and be with the folks here in Oxford, North Carolina, the Grace Baptist Church. They've been friends of ours a long time. We certainly appreciate them. Then we'll head to the state of New York for a couple of weeks, back to Pennsylvania for a couple of weeks. So the Lord's got us in our busy time of the year. And so we're going to try to keep recording the podcast, if at all possible. Someone has given us this new microphone, which I am not using today for logistics reasons. But he gave us a new microphone set up, and we have packaging to protect that and get everything set up and travel on the road with it. And we're looking forward to traveling and preaching the gospel, preaching the word of God. And so we're back in Matthew chapter 7 again today. And in verse 7, Jesus Christ, speaking to his disciples, simply said this, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine. He said, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. I mistakenly said verse 7, and I, of course, meant verse 6 there. Uh, but what he's speaking of, I believe, is he's speaking of those dogs, he's speaking of those Gentiles, those that would not receive him those that were not of the seed of Abraham. And yet the reality is, even in dispensation of times, and I know folks will try to divide this and separate this and split hairs over this, but Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. He tasted death for every man. The gospel came to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. And salvation is available to every Gentile every Jew. It does not matter. Salvation is available. And blessed be the name of the Lord. But he told his disciples at that time, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine. I've heard a lot of reasons that folks would use that verse. I know one man said he would not preach in a gay pride parade because he did not want to cast his pearls before swine, uh, unless they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Another man said he would not go to places of profanity and cast his pearls before swine. I heard another man said he would not give that which is holy unto the dogs, and he said that he would not give particular people a Bible tract. 
Listen, every one of us must be convinced in our own minds. We must be convinced what we need to do with the gospel. We must be convinced of that manner of getting out the gospel, whether it be by speech, whether it be by track, whether it be by podcast, radio broadcast. However we get the gospel out, every one of us must be convinced in our own mind we're doing what God wants us to do. But my friend, what he's speaking of explicitly here, he's speaking of the Gentiles to his own. That's his close. That's his twelve. And he's telling them that they're not going to take this gospel to the Gentiles. But yet the Apostle Paul then, he finally took this gospel to the Gentiles. And uh, Peter said that great vision. and God opened the door. And what a blessing. Thank God he opened that door. You and I most likely would be damned. And yet he opened that door because he loved the world. He gave himself for it. In chapter 7 and verse 7, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. We're in a day when men use that as a verse for salvation. But can I say, my friend, the, the reality of it is, he says you knock, but I don't think we knock. God's already knocked. God's already knocked on our heart door. And I'm not going to sit here and split hairs over that, but I don't ask people to go knock on a door and find God behind a door. We do seek the Lord. But yet he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We know that. But yet he's the one that knocked. He's the one that opened the door. He's the one that has invited us to come in and sup with him. And he with me. Why? He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's what he's done for us. That's where he is with us. He's speaking to his disciples of this matter of prayer. He's speaking to them explicitly. He's speaking to them of this of this assurity that if they will ask, he's speaking of prayer. He's not speaking of salvation. He's not speaking of a profession of faith. He's not speaking about the sinner's prayer. He's not speaking about the vain repetition. But he is speaking here, and I believe very much so, that he is speaking to them of asking of their heavenly Father. Because he does hear. And if we will knock, he said he'll open. He said if we'll seek, we'll find. And he said, what man is there of you who, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? And this is the context of which he's speaking here. So again, this is not salvation. This is not the repetition of prayer. This is not us ascending to heaven and bringing God down because we want to be saved. We demand that God save us. Yet he stood at the door and knocked all these millennia, if you will. He stood at the door and knocked on the souls of men. For 2,000 years, he's been knocking on their heart's door, but they will not respond to him. And all of a sudden, a man comes and he gets an ideal or a thought in his head. and He's going to ascend into heaven. He's going to reach up and bring God down. How foolish of a thought that is. How ridiculous that is. What he's talking about here is he's talking about the matter of prayer. For if we ask, it shall be given. Then the knock of it shall be opened. And so what man is there of you? If he give it a son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye that being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? So there again is the promise of God. He will give good things to them that ask him. He's not going to do wrong to us. He's not going to uh, cut us short or cut us out. He's going to do good to us. Why? Because the Lord is good and doeth good. It is the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. All that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. That's twofold. His goodness, his character, his nature. By nature, God is good. 
He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a holy God. And then he doeth good. He gives gifts unto the children of men. God wants to do good for you, but you got to ask. You got to come to him by faith and ask. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them. So who are you going to ask? You're going to ask God. Why? Because you believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We must believe that God is. That's why folks are so tepid in their prayer life. They only pray for health. They only pray for prosperity because they don't see the need of little things in their life. And yet I don't see the need of my life. I don't know what things I have need of. Therefore, the spirit prayeth in my behalf. He intercedes on my behalf. Why? Because I don't know what I have need of. I don't know what's wrong in my body. I don't know what's really going on. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but he does. So he prays on my behalf and thank God for that. But I still need to ask. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, that as men should do to you, so you do so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. What does the law and the prophets hang on? You love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, body. Uh, what do the law and the prophets hang on the second? You love your neighbor as yourself. Therefore, you do good to all men. That's the command of God, to do good unto all. I mean, the problem is we don't have good character. We don't have that good nature. We don't have that goodness about us. And save if the Holy Ghost be in us and the witness of God be in us, then we're in Jesus Christ. We can have goodness in us, but the natural man has no goodness in him. He can conjure it up. He can do good works. He can do good things. But the goodness of God, I believe, is in the person of Jesus Christ. In verse 13, he says, enter you at the straight gate. How straight is it? It's so straight. It doesn't veer. It doesn't turn. It doesn't sway. It doesn't change. It doesn't change for you. It doesn't change because you profess. It doesn't change because you reach into heaven and drag God down to your level. It doesn't change because man says it changes. It's a straight gate, and that gate has never changed. Dear friend of mine wrote the book, Who Moved the Goalpost? It's available on Amazon.com. And you go out there and download a copy of that, Who Moved the Goalpost? And he wrote that book based on this idea of these verses because men have gone, they've changed the goalpost, if you will, of salvation. It used to be straight and it used to be narrow. Now it's broad, it's easy, it's wide. It used to be what God demanded, now it's what man demanded. It used to be what God required, now it's what man requires. It used to be that full assurance of faith came from the word of God, the witness of God. But now that full assurance of faith comes because mama tells you you're saved or the pastor tells you you're saved or daddy tells you you're saved. That's where we are today, not just in America, all across this world. That's where men are in religious circles because they've been programmed into an ideal outside of the word of God. They have a process that they come to Christ with. And they believe everybody else is coming to Christ with that process. And they believe all their converts are truly saved because they did the process. But that gate's too narrow for most people to get in. Except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. And you don't come to a place where you're just done with you. You're going to perish. You don't just get tired of yourself and realize God's right. You're wrong. You're going to perish. And the only way that's going to happen is entering into a straight gate. How straight is that gate? It's as wide as my two and a half inch wide King James Bible. That's how straight the gate is. It's the only way of salvation. 
It's the only way to come to Christ. And men have these, these anti-biblical salvations outside of the word of God. It includes dreams and visions and words and ideals and prayers and mantras and all of these things and good works and laden with obedience to the church and yet without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. If you do those things according to the works of your flesh because you fear God's going to kill you, you fear that God is maybe not going to accept you, that's just a work of righteousness which you have done. That's not faith. It's not faith-based. And yet salvation is a straight gate called faith. And you enter at that straight gate or you don't enter in. He said, straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat. You say, how many are entering in? Well, I'll be honest with you, most are. They go down to the bump and sway church where the rock and roll music's playing. You come as you are, leave as you are. And you have an ideal that's not necessarily God's way. You have a purpose and they go, well, I was raised in a really strict church, and I knew that God wasn't in that, but boy, I could just see God working every day in my contemporary church and in my modern church. We see God working every day, but the reality is they don't see God working. They just see a manifestation of the flesh, and they say, well, we we see people saved every week, so you see people that pass from death into life, been filled with the Holy Ghost. They've been born of God. The word of God has taken precedence in their life. They now love the church. They love the brethren. They begin to give. They pour out themselves into ministry. They love the children of God, first and foremost. They love, we know that we've passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. So they just love the brethren. No, they attack them. They attack them on Facebook, attack them on YouTube, all across social media. They attack the brethren and mock the brethren and talk them, call them legalists and talk bad about them and how awful they are. And yet there's just a group that I know that sits by and they just believe the King James Bible. And they love God. And they live for God. And every once in a while, somebody will come and get saved. Could it be that's the narrow way? Could it be that's the straight gate? Could it be that's the way that God has called a man to? It's a matter of faith. It's not works that you do. It's a matter of faith. I've seen places where they were sitting there competing over who could fill out a decision slip the fastest, as though the power of God's in that. Yet too foolish to see that God's not 100 miles of that foolishness. They're sitting there with the idea that, you know, if I can get this person to pray quickly and get up there, the pastor's going to acknowledge my convert first, and they chalk one up in their little notebook, and that's all they have to live on is their little notebook. They don't have any power with God. They don't have the presence of God. They've never had a stir in their soul. They probably don't read their Bible because I don't know how you can continue to read your Bible and continue to perform such foolishness. So not only is the narrow way, but not only then the broad way is defined. He said, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. It's a very narrow, it's a very lonely way. And then listen, it is a hard way, but yet it's hard because we put all the obstacles of life between us and that gate. But the gate, again, I'm holding in my hands. It's the King James Bible. That is the gate. That's how narrow it is. And yet it's so simple to find it. How do you find it? Open up the volume of the book. And in the volume of the book, he said, it is written to me. I am come to do thy will, O Lord. That's Jesus Christ. That's how simple it is. So why is it so hard? Because men make it hard. They don't want to believe. It's just in the volume of the book. They don't want to believe. It's a matter of faith. If I can change this, if I can change this, if we can throw this out, 
if I could just pray one more time, if I could just say a few more words, if I could just, and again, works of righteousness. When you have I in salvation, you're in trouble. I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. The more eyes you have, the further you are away from God. But you find out in salvation, there's no I in salvation. Why? Because it's Jesus Christ. Now, I realize people fault me for the spelling. It's not a spelling or clerical error. It's there's no I. There's no me. There's no person in salvation outside of Jesus Christ. He is the only one of salvation. So again, we're in a day when there's a broad, broad way, and many be on that broad way. We got relatives, friends, family, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, cousins, former church members. They're on that broad way. Why are they on that broad way? Because it's an easy way. It's a way of comfort. It's a way that seems so hopeful because everybody else is on that path. Everybody they know is on that path. Everybody they know is going that way. Yet he said, it's a narrow way. And I do pray, my friend, you found that narrow way. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.